What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Martha Wellen on today's episode. I'm so excited to get to know her. She's coming all the way from the UK, right? Yeah, Scotland. Oh yeah. my gosh, so cool. Okay, Martha, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like with your story. Okay. Um, well, thanks so much for speaking to me today. Um, the like the podcast has been a really wonderful resource for me. Um, so I guess I also wanted to start by saying thanks to the other women who've shared their stories before me. Um, cause it's really meant a lot to me listening to everyone's story and feeling like I'm not alone. Um, so yeah, I guess I'll just start at the beginning. Um, yeah, so I'm Martha. Um, so I'm, I'm 36 and I live in Scotland. I'm in a, a really little town that's just uh, just south of Glasgow, in case anybody's familiar with the geography there. Um, so I guess I guess the start of my story is that um, yeah, like I'm I'm a little bit older, um, and I knew that I always wanted to have a family. Um, always, always wanted to have kids. Um, and my mom was, she was an amazing mother. My sister is a mother and she's amazing. Um, but I, I never knew if I'd meet somebody who I'd actually want to have children with. Um, I, you know, I had relationships that ended in my twenties and early thirties and I saw so many people around me, you know, meeting people and, you know, having families. And I thought, oh, I, you know, I don't know if, like if this will happen for me um and then I met my partner John um and he's absolutely amazing um and we're actually getting married in July which is really exciting um yeah and so we both knew we wanted to have kids and so we started trying in uh it was in September of last year 2019 um and it was actually the first month that we started trying we got pregnant right away um which was amazing and I was so grateful um because I know people who've who've had to try for a really long time I had a colleague who had to try for like five years to get pregnant and um so I just couldn't believe that it had happened for us right away and I actually did like three pregnancy tests because um, I didn't want to get excited until I'd done so many because I couldn't quite believe it had happened. Um, so then that was in, yeah, that was in October uh, that we found out that we were pregnant. I found out at five weeks um, and we were really excited. We told our families right away. Um, and my dad was really emotional when I told him, which was really, really nice. Um, you know how like dads, you know, men of a certain generation, like, they don't they don't show their emotions as readily um so when my dad gets emotional it's it's even like you know that it's really significant yeah it's um, adorable yeah yeah he was he was really emotional and um we each have a sister an older sister they're actually the same age um and they were both like over the moon we were saying that our sisters probably were like more excited than we were <laughs> um but like so we were both 
both of us at this point, me and John, have lost our mothers to cancer. So I think we're both very much aware of this idea that, like, that's the kind of thing that you think will never happen to you. Um, and then it does. So we were both very much aware that things can go wrong, I guess. So we were we were a little bit nervous at the beginning. Um, and we kept saying, well, you know, it's early days. You know, maybe, maybe things won't work out. But, um, like, as the weeks went on and everything was still okay, we got, like, more and more optimistic. And I had a pretty textbook pregnancy, I'd say, like... Um, you know, with the morning sickness, or, I mean, I called it, like, all-day sickness, really, <laughs> um, and, you know, the fatigue and everything like that, um, and uh, so we had our, our midwife appointment at nine weeks, so the way it works here is that the midwives kind of do everything. Um, when you find out you're pregnant, you register with your local midwife's office, and you get assigned a midwife, and they're, like, your first port of call for everything. Um, which is a really nice way of doing it actually. Um, so there's not like doctor's appointments and it's really personal. Um, so we had our first midwife's appointment at nine weeks and we really, really liked her. Um, and for some reason here, they don't, they don't listen, like they don't have that like machine where they listen on your belly to see if there's a heartbeat. They don't do that. Um, but uh, anyways, we really liked her. Um, she really put my mind at ease about, like I'd been worrying about whether or not I'd been eating properly and stuff. And she was really great. Um, and then we were even more excited. Um, and at that point, like, I felt like I was really bonding with our baby. Um, every week, um, we'd sit down, we'd read like, what's happening this week in your baby. And, you know, when they say, oh, your baby's the size of a blueberry, and now it's the size of a raspberry. And like, the size of an olive and that kind of thing and we get really excited about that and at night every night um, when I was going to sleep I would sort of write this little letter in my head to the baby and I'd be like dear baby and then I would um, I would tell it something that I wanted to share with it or something that I would show it or something that I would do with it you know when it was born even like little things like it's a beautiful sunny day today and I'm gonna like can't wait to like show you like you know, the sunshine in the garden and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, so it was, I mean, that was, yeah, I was, I was really, really bonding. And so that at two, uh, 10 and a half weeks, I had some spotting um, and I was, I really freaked out. It was late at night. Like it was just when I was getting ready for bed and it was, it was brown, which they said was like the better, like that's better than bright red blood um anyhow I, I called the maternity triage uh number that I had which is like a 24-hour talk to a midwife number um and she was she was really nice and she said that you know sometimes um you know implantation bleeding uh like that's common and it, sometimes it can take a long time for the blood to actually make its way out of your body and that at 10 and a half weeks it you know like that's what she thinks thinks it probably was and because it was brown she said it was old blood and she said you know talk to your midwife tomorrow and um you know as long as you're not in pain and you're feeling okay and it's not like fresh blood or anything it's probably okay and um and I talked to my midwife the next day and she said if it's implantation blood then it'll have gone away within um a couple days um and she said that she wasn't too worried. Um, and it did go away within a couple of days, it didn't get worse. Um, so I didn't worry about it after that. Um, and we were scheduled for 
our 12-week scan the day, so that was in, it was in the middle of December, we were scheduled for our 12-week scan the day before we were supposed to fly to see my family for Christmas. So I'm originally from Canada, that's why I probably don't sound very Scottish. <laughs> um, and uh, my, John is Scottish, um, but yeah, so we were supposed to uh, fly to, my sister lives in New York State, we we're going to fly and spend uh, Christmas with her and it was going to be like a really special Christmas because I was pregnant and you know at that point we'd have like our scan photo I was going to sit down with my niece and nephew and like show them the photo and you know talk to them about how I was having a baby and stuff and um yes yeah, so it was just it was just going to be a really special Christmas and I was hoping at that point I didn't really have much of a bump but I was really hoping that you know, maybe like my bump would pop out a little bit and you know I I was just really excited to see my family because I don't see them very often obviously because they're far away um and then the night before the scan I started bleeding um it wasn't a lot of blood uh but it was it was red um and I was really scared so I called I called the triage again and um and like she was really nice and she said have you had your 12 week scan yet and I was like no it's like first thing tomorrow morning um and she's like well um at this point it was like 10 o'clock at night or something she's like at this point we can't really do much the thing that we'd have to do really to see if everything is okay is to do a scan and because you're coming in like nine o'clock tomorrow morning um you know there's no point in you coming in in the middle of the night because we probably couldn't get a sonographer right now anyways so she said you know as long as you're not in pain you're not like soaking through pads or anything she said you know just uh, get a good night's sleep come in for your scan tomorrow tell the sonographer that um this is you know this is what's happened we'll go from there and i said like should i be really worried um and she's like well she's like you know, lots of women bleed and go on to have, you know, healthy pregnancies and healthy babies. And she said, but it, it isn't something that should be happening. And so it is cause to be concerned, but we'll just go from there tomorrow. So, um, so I was, yeah, I was really nervous. I slept terribly. Um, I had dreams that night about having a miscarriage and um and yeah so I had this dream where it was like they were telling me oh, you're having a miscarriage but nothing was like happening I was just like crying um yeah it was awful and so I was I was really nervous going into the scan the next morning and I sort of felt kind of disappointed because I'd been so excited about having this scan and like hearing the heartbeat for the first time and seeing our baby and stuff and and now I was just really nervous um we went in the sonographer who was doing our scan was really really nice um and like I told her what had happened with the bleeding the night before and she's like okay well let's just have a look and stuff and so she got me on the table um and you know she got the ultrasound wand out and stuff and she was like pressing really hard like she was looking really hard and and she was like it's okay so apparently like my uterus tilts the other way I think it's supposed to tilt forwards and mine tilts back for whatever reason she's like oh just have to look a little bit harder and then and then she said okay you know there's the pregnant she's like I can see a pregnancy sack and she's like how how far along did you say you were and it's like 12 weeks she's like okay and um 
so on the scan, like they sort of projected on a bigger screen so that you can see it when you're lying on the table. And I could see this little sack there and I kept thinking like, that's not how it's supposed to look. Like, like when you see pictures of an ultrasound, you're supposed to see this like little baby floating in this sack and stuff. And it didn't look like that. And, and she said, okay, what I'm seeing here is an eight week pregnancy sack. And I just didn't understand because I was thinking, how could I be out by like four weeks, right? Like how could I have somehow like misstated my pregnancy by four weeks? I was really confused about that. And she said, I'm going to call my colleague in and stuff. So she got another lady to come in, another sonographer. And like they looked at it together. And then this other woman like had to go with the wand. And then there was like a lot of measuring of the sack and like on the ultrasound and you know they were sort of talking medical speak between each other and then and then the woman turned to me and she said she said Martha I'm so sorry she's like you know what I'm looking at here is an eight-week pregnancy sack and I don't see the baby um and I was just like I, I didn't understand how that could happen basically I didn't yeah I, I just didn't understand any of it and and what I was also thinking was that, you know, I, I saw my midwife at nine weeks. And so at that point, like what, I wasn't actually pregnant. And I was thinking, but she did like a blood test and stuff with me then. And none of this, none of it made sense. And the sonographer said, she said, sometimes this happens. This is what we call a missed miscarriage. She said, sometimes the pregnancy ends and your body doesn't realize it and continues to basically be pregnant. Um, and she said, I think the bleeding that you started having last night was probably your body beginning to recognize that there actually isn't a baby. Um, and I was just in shock. Um, and then it just like, we were whisked away to the, she said, okay, we're going to take you to the early pregnancy assessment ward and they're going to talk to you about your options. And I was kind of like, what options? Like I thought that they would just send me home, I guess. And that would be it. Um, so they took us to the ward like the next ward over um and they brought us into this room that was like it was like the room in a hospital where they're trying to make it feel like do you know what I mean like not a hospital like it was like painted nicely and like comfy couches and low lighting and stuff like that um and this other midwife came in uh, and she had all these pamphlets and stuff for you and she sat down and she said first of all I'm so sorry for your loss and then it really in my head, I thought, well, that's what you say to some, somebody when someone's died, right? Like, and then I was like, like, oh, this, this is actually a loss. Like, I've lost my baby. Like, there was a baby, now there's no baby there. Um, and it really just started hitting me. And she was going through all of our options. She's like, you know, you can wait and, you know, see if you, you know, deliver the miscarriage on your own. But in my case, you know, it had already been like four weeks. Um, and she was saying, you know, there's a risk of infection if it, if you continue to like have all, you know, the pregnancy sack and stuff without actual pregnancy. Um, and they said I could opt to have surgery um, or I could have what they call medical management. Um, so I opted for the medical management because I, I thought it sounded like the safest thing because I was the idea of going into surgery is really scary for me. So, but so we were supposed to fly the next day for holidays. So then we had to cancel our holiday basically, which was awful. Um, 
So it was, I was thinking to myself, like, I was supposed to be flying tomorrow to be with my sister and my dad and be celebrating this pregnancy with them. And now I have to cancel that. And, and, you know, everything's changed. And we, we got home and John's dad um, and his sister both, both came in. She'd actually left work and they were both, they were both crying and they were really supportive. And, and she actually told me that she'd had a miscarriage in between her first and second daughter. Um, and I was saying to her, like, what did I do wrong? Like, maybe I'm too old. Like, and she was saying, you know, it's nothing is your fault. You guys, you know, you can't think it's your fault and stuff. And that actually meant a lot to me that she opened up like that. Um, cause John said she, she never really talks about her miscarriage at all. Um, and for her to come in and just tell me all that stuff was really, it really meant a lot, but yeah, I felt so far away from my family um and I also had this that night I also had this like this wave of absolutely like hating my body it it sounds really awful to say it now but I think it like I gained a lot of weight over that first trimester which was fine because I was pregnant and I was feeling great and and now I felt like I was having a shower that night knowing that the next morning I wasn't flying home and said I was going to be going into the hospital to be shoved full of all these pills. And I was looking at myself in the mirror and I thought, oh, I just like, I felt like I just looked fat. And, and I was like, I hate this body. Like I felt cheated. And I felt like, like I felt like my body had betrayed me, but I also felt so stupid, I guess. Like it's like, you know, for the last four weeks, I've been walking around feeling so excited and bonding with this baby that's not actually there. And I was just, yeah, I was really beating myself up. Um, and so next morning we went in for the procedure. Um, and as we were walking to the early pregnancy center, um, it passed because it's like in the same section of the hospital where you know, the ultrasound department is and stuff like that. I actually passed the young woman in the hall who was with like her mom and her partner and they were like beaming, like so happy. And I could see she was like holding photos from a scan. She'd clearly just had her ultrasound and like they were looking at them and like so happy walking past. And I just felt so devastated because I was like that, that should have been me. And I realized that actually seeing having that scan and seeing that photo was for me a really significant thing. And, and now I hadn't had that. Um, and I was thinking about, you know, what my scan had looked like this sort of like empty pregnancy sack. And um, yeah, so we went in to have the procedure. So um, I know some of the other uh, women who've, who've you've talked to on the podcast have talked about having the, the misoprostol. Um, and, so the way they do it here, it's like this whole procedure and it was done by the same midwife who'd originally talked to us about our options and stuff, which is really nice because she was lovely, absolutely amazing. Um, so what they do is they, they give you this huge dose of antibiotics and give you anti-nausea medication as well. And that's like, those are pills that you take orally, you swallow, and then they put all the they give you this huge dose of the my, misoprostol 
I, th- I think, am I, pronoun- am I pronouncing that right? I think, um, my, yeah, my, I yeah, think so. my, it's something like that. It's <laughs> something like that. Everyone will know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So they actually hear it. So they, it's a huge dose of that. And they actually like insert that in your vagina. And then they had all these painkillers that they insert in your rectum. So like just, just having that procedure was like really invasive. It was awful. And the midwife, like I said, the midwife was, was awesome. But after that, I was just like, I felt awful. And they send you home with like a big box of painkillers and all these pads and stuff. And then you basically just have to like wait it out. And I do think they, they did prepare me for, you know, you'll pass clots and there'll be like a lot of bleeding and, you know, we might have a lot of pain and stuff. And so I was, I was sort of expecting that and the pain started pretty quickly, but I didn't bleed for the first I don't know, five or six hours. And I was a little bit nervous about that. Um, and then, um, but before I was, I was getting ready for bed. Um, and I felt this like huge, like rush of blood. Like it was like a gush, like somebody had taken like a whole jug and poured it. And I was like, Whoa, like that's, that's a lot. And I went to the bathroom and the pad was like, soaked like absolutely soaked and I was like whoa that's not good because they say like if you soak through a pad like within an hour that's heavy bleeding and I was like I just soaked through it in like one go like a minute so then I I was like we're just I said to John I'm just gonna sit up for a while because if this happens again I have to call I have to call the maternity triage again um and we're like okay so I just kind of like got ready for bed and I was sitting up in bed and I felt another like huge like gush of blood it was so much um and I called I called the hospital and I said you know I've just soaked through two pads in like 20 minutes and she's like right you need to come in because we want to keep an eye on you so then that was like 11 o'clock at night so we're driving to the hospital and when I got in there they got me all set up in bed and stuff and um the the obstetrician came out and did an examination and she said that there were a lot of clots that were preventing the rest of the blood from coming out so then she actually started extracting this is probably a little bit graphic but I guess anybody listening to this will you know it's we've I've had them yeah I've had them take out clots too so I know exactly what you're you know you know what I mean right so she's like Mm -hmm. extracting them with like these like forceps these are things and I was just and there's like so much blood gushing out and I just yeah I couldn't believe it and I John was sitting in the bed like on the chair next to the bed and I could just see the look on his face like he was trying to be calm but I could tell that he was like horrified um and yeah and and she said the midwife said to me she's like do you want to look at it because she could see I was kind of like looking at the what they were putting on the tray next to the bed and I was like no actually I I don't like I I don't want to like I just I don't want to look like I can feel like it's so much blood I've seen the blood um so they yeah they like did blood work and they decided to keep me overnight um to monitor um and at that point I told John to just like go home and get a good night's sleep because you know there's no point in both of us not getting any sleep um so they let me go to sleep when they were sort of when they thought that the bleeding had kind of 
died down a bit um but then I woke up uh, at some point in the night and I woke up because I could feel like there was a lot of blood and it was just like it was I can't just it was like gushing out it was and I, I called the midwife in and I was like there's so much blood and she's like yeah there's like you're bleeding again there's an awful lot of blood and she put me on like an IV drip and you know she cleaned me up and changed the sheets and stuff and then I fell asleep again and I woke up maybe an hour and a half later because the drip bag had finished so the machine starts beeping um and that woke me up so I called her in again and she's like okay I'll change your bag and and then as she was doing that I started to feel really really dizzy and nauseous and I was like I I'm not feeling good I'm not like I'm feeling really dizzy um she said okay I'm gonna check your blood pressure and I'm gonna call the other midwife in to like to change her pad and to change your drip so then I had two midwives in the room and she started checking my blood pressure and it was you know in the movies those blood pressure machines when your pressure drops and all of a sudden the machines like beep 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 like that um, it was like that. The machine started going crazy and I could feel like I was going to pass out. But then I started feeling like I needed to to throw up. Um, and I, I sat up because I started retching. But of course, like it's the middle of the night, there's nothing in my stomach. So I was kind of like dry heaving. And at that point, I started to feel really, really scared because I had never felt so awful. And I could feel I was like I'm hemorrhaging blood and get about to pass out like I can't stop retching um and the the midwife is sort of trying to get me to lie back as much as as much as she could because I was kind of on the verge of passing out um and then it was I retched and I guess it was something about the way like your stomach kind of contracts like when you're throwing up it it like what it felt like is it basically like pushed out the entire contents of my body it was like I passed so many blood clots and so much blood I could feel it all like gushing right out and I was like oh my god that's a lot of blood and the midwife's like no it's okay she's like that's all right like just lie down and my blood pressure at that point went right up again um and um and the like the nausea and the dizziness just went away right away um and I was like am I okay like that was a lot of blood and she's like it's okay like that obviously needed to come out and you know you're probably feeling a little bit better now and I, I was definitely I was feeling like all of a sudden I felt so much better physically but I saw her um like get the, the bed pad that they have you lie on like um, I saw her sort of gathering it up to take it away because they they'd been weighing everything I didn't realize this until that point basically every time they changed a pad or the sheets they weighed it so they had an idea of how much blood you'd lost so I could see her like carrying it all away and I just thought like that's so like so much um I thought that was it like that was my pregnancy like that like it yeah it's gone um and so then the obstetrician came in again and she pulled out more clots and I just felt like I felt safe in the hand I should say like I felt the midwives they were just so amazing um and I felt safe with them there but I just I felt 
I think that like losing that much blood and just like all of the clots in that moment when I almost lost consciousness I think it was it was I've never been so traumatized um and you know then like the nurse she cleaned me up and I was really weak at that point and they said after that that I wasn't allowed to have anything to eat or to drink like even water because um they didn't know if they might need to take me in to have a surgery so um and they kept me into the hospital then for until the end of the next day um and the next morning they gave me a obviously John came back first thing in the morning um and they took me to have like a, a transvaginal scan um, which is all oh, I hate those they're so awful um to see if there is like what was still left um and so that was that was sort of even more invasive stuff again and I, I was thinking while well, she's like doing the scan I thought the amount of times that I don't know I don't know if this will sound too, <laughs> too much as well but I was like the amount of times that things have been like put up my vagina in the last 48 hours like it's too much <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was like, like, oh yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> all of my physical privacy is gone. Like it's just gone at this point. Um, and I, I, yeah, I was really weak um, from all the blood loss. And they said at that point, um, she said that they, from what they weighed of like the pads and stuff like that, they thought that I'd lost about 800 milliliters of blood and that was not counting obviously what you know had gone down the toilet and before I got into the hospital and stuff so it was probably more like a liter of blood that I'd lost that night which is a lot um but uh and they said that if if it turned out that my that my levels were dangerously low then they were gonna have to take me into surgery that evening uh, which I really didn't want it because I was really scared of that um but my blood work came back and they said it was it wasn't too bad um and the doctor said that she was okay with me going home um and so I, and at that point I just I just wanted to go home like I wanted to be in my bed like safe in my own home with my cat um and yeah so I went home just like yeah and at that point I was in shock I was so weak like I couldn't I didn't do anything for the next few days really at all um John kind of waited on me for everything he was so good um but just even like walking walking up stairs I'd have to like sit at the top and take a break I was so out of breath um and I bled actually for three more weeks after that not heavy bleeding but like steady um and I think that as I started to recover physically from that night in the hospital, that's when the emotional trauma kind of started to set in. Um, and like, I have thought a lot about whether or not I would opt for the medical management again. Um, and I think that, because obviously, I mean, that's not what's supposed to happen. What happened like that was obviously like when it goes wrong and it was, absolutely horrific but I think in a way having gone through that physical experience did solidify for me what had happened in my head I don't know if that makes sense I think it made it very tangible to me that this pregnancy is is over and I think also I found in after that you know recovering after 
getting back from the hospital, I think I definitely, um, it helped. And it sound, now this will sound weird, but it really helped my relationship with my body, I think. Um, because, you know, I was saying, like, I just absolutely hated my body after, after that scan. But when I got home from the hospital, um, and I just really wanted to have a shower, and John was like, okay, you know, don't have a shower on too hot. Like, obviously, like, have your private, because I really wanted privacy at that point. It's like, I'm just going to wait outside the door. Um, because I was so weak at that point, he was worried about me keeling over in the shower. And I got into the shower and um, like there was still, there was still dried blood, like on the inside of my thighs and stuff. And I was washing it off and it just, I could feel my body kind of relaxing into the warm water. I thought like, my body just really needs me to take care of it. Like the last thing it needs is for me to be beating it up for, for what's happened. I just need to take care of myself. And that was actually a really significant moment, I think, of the washing myself after I got back from the shower. Because um, it's like, it's, it's really hard to describe to people. I think this is why the podcast has been really good, because it's really hard to describe to most people sort of like what this loss feels like. I think, you know, for those four weeks, between when, you know, when, I guess when our baby died and when we found out about it, you know, I was really bonding with a baby that wasn't even there. And um, it seems like part of the, part of the fetus was actually kind of reabsorbed by my body for those four weeks. So, you know, it wasn't actually physically there either. And it, it's like this feeling of like, how do I mourn something that wasn't there? Um, and I really felt a lot of the time, like it was silly, like this was all in my head. Um, but at the same time, it wasn't like, it's so real. Um, and I was, I think it was just sort of yesterday, the day before, I think maybe you put a quote up on, on the Instagram for the podcast that it was something like, you know, I had so many plans for us. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. And that really hit home for me because it was so true. Like I felt as I was recovering from, from the miscarriage, like the house, our house kind of felt emptier without this sort of potential for this baby that was going to be there with us. And um, yeah, and I found, I found since that I've had this really, I guess this is now sort of like where I, where I am now. Um, Cause it's been now uh, 10, 10 weeks, 10 weeks since, uh, since that procedure. Um, there have been times when I've really worked it up in my head that maybe having a, like that having a baby is like this impossible thing, which obviously I know it isn't right. Cause well, we're all here, <laughs> you know? Um, and you know, I, I see, like, I see people like walking around with their kids and stuff and I think, wow, how did they manage that? It was like this precarious, impossible thing. Um, and I found that I have like, I have a really low, threshold for for stress like I get really panicky over minor things um and I haven't had a good night's sleep since I got back from the hospital I, I don't and I don't know if I mean I like to think that that's normal after after everything that happened just like the physical trauma and then like the grief and everything sometimes I think that I just can't think clearly um it's just also this feeling of like 
I feel like it's hard to move around in this world where most people didn't even know I was pregnant to begin with. And I think, Mm -hmm. yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And because, um, I think also for me, because it happened over the holidays, like I had finished work before I had that scan and then all of that happened. And I returned to work in January. Um, and people were just like, Hey, how was your holiday? And I was kind of like, Oh, you know, just didn't do much kind of thing. Whereas really I was thinking, Oh my God, like I just lost my baby a few weeks ago. Um, and it's just like, and then obviously, and I'm, people don't know, right? Because things have happened, but you get these constant reminders. Like I, I, we don't know our next door neighbor that well because we only moved in in August. But I was talking to her, you know, just chatting with her in the driveway, and I was like, "Oh, J- John and I are actually getting married this summer. We're actually gonna like tie the knot, kind of thing." And she said, "And she's an older lady. She's like, oh, maybe we'll hear the patter of little feet soon." Then and I was like, "Oh God, like." actually I should have been right now like showing you my my amazing baby bump and being like we're having a baby as opposed to and I just kind of had to sort of brush it off and I hated doing that because that's all that I wanted and then also at my job so for my job I, I'm a, I'm a costume maker like I make his, I make historical costumes for um for tv shows and operas um and so right now, a production that we're working on, one of the the lead singer for this opera is actually pregnant. And she's just a, like maybe a couple weeks further along than I should have been at this point. And I found this out and I've just been dreading doing her costume fitting, like having to go in and be like yeah. up close with her. And like, and, and I feel like I can't say it, like, I don't know how to say this to anybody because nobody I work with knows that this happened. And, um, but and people she, who don't understand it think that it's like, I, at least I, from my experience, people would kind of be like, oh, well, that's stupid. You know, like, like, they yeah, like they don't realize it's a big, such a big deal. And I didn't, I feel bad saying this now, but I didn't realize it was such a big deal. Exactly. Me either. And now it feels like it's like the biggest thing that could ever happen. Um, and after I, so I saw this singer and obviously it's not her fault, right? Like, yeah, um, she, <laughs> she walked through our department the other day and I just like I couldn't take my eyes off of her bump like walking through and I just I felt so anxious and I cried when I got home that day I was just like I can't like I'm and I haven't actually had the fitting with her yet I'm really dreading it um and John I I, I don't know I haven't talked about John enough maybe he's because guys don't talk about their feelings as much um but I can see how it's it's really affecting him and he's so he got back to work from the holidays and two of his colleagues announced that their partners were pregnant um like that was their like announcement for the holidays and he was just he came home and he was so upset and one of them was like showing their scan photo around the office and obviously like he's he wants to be excited for them right because he you know he really likes them and he's happy for them and stuff but it's just like so hard um and yeah it's I also um I didn't so I didn't get my period for almost two months um and that's been something that's really bothered me I 
and that's something I didn't think would bug me as much and I've like I've reflected a lot on why it's been such an issue and I think that it's it's like this every day that I didn't get my period I mean when I was bleeding after a miscarriage all I wanted was to stop bleeding and then as soon as that ended then all I wanted was to get <laughs> to get my period so that I felt like my body was back to normal um I've never been someone that's really been like like connected to the idea of having a period it's just kind of been like a necessary inconvenience kind of thing in my life um but I, I realized that I was like this is a really kind of basic thing that's happened to me since I was like 13 years old now all of a sudden it's this reminder that like something in my body is still not working like it's such an indicator that something terrible has gone wrong and um and so that has been really stressing me a lot as well over the last, I guess, over the last month. Um, I think also because they say that you can't start trying, that you shouldn't start trying again until after you've had like one normal period. Um, but yeah, I actually got my period this last Wednesday, which was <laughs> exciting. Congrats! <laughs> Thank you! I know, I was like over the moon and I saw my sister-in-law that evening. I was around at her house and I was like, I got my period today. We did a little <laughs> celebration dance. <together. laughs> yeah, um, so like I, I think a lot about the next, I mean, assuming that I'll get pregnant again the next pregnancy and I think a lot about how I feel a bit sad that I won't get that moment of specialness, that first time mm -hmm. specialness back again. Um, but at the same time, I think it'll be so much, I'll be so much more thankful when I do have a baby. It'll be so special because I, I'll just know that. I, I don't know. I think I was way too, I wasn't too optimistic before, but I guess I just didn't, I just didn't know how it was they didn't know that this would happen to me I guess um and you'll be much more so, aware of other people like the people around you too yes, that's one thing that um, I find that I'm really grateful yeah, for yes definitely definitely um yeah so and and also now that we can you know my periods and we can start trying trying again like I've been planning my wedding at the same time and I keep thinking like, will, will I be pregnant when like at my wedding? Like, do I need to make, cause I'm going to be making my own dress. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I'm like, do I need to make a maternity dress, wedding dress or like, I don't know. So I'm just con and I don't know, maybe it'll take me ages to get pregnant again. So I'm like, I'm trying to be optimistic, but I'm, yeah, I'm really nervous, I guess. I, they did say that next week, I guess, because so here like healthcare is, is totally free right like we don't pay for abs which is amazing amazing I'm so thankful like we haven't paid for a single thing since we got pregnant um and um but that means that there's a certain system that you go through basically um which is why you don't have a scan to like 12 weeks and stuff but um they said that because of what's happened we get an eight-week scan next time so that's really good I think I'll feel less nervous about that getting past that eight-week point knowing that mm -hmm. yeah so um yeah I I guess that's yeah that's my story up till now um yeah well, I, I appreciate you jumping on and sharing and 
being so vulnerable and also very relatable. Um, oh, thank you. I was like nodding my head like crazy during <laughs> during your story I'm like uh-huh uh-huh um, good yeah, yeah. We, all, we all just really appreciate you jumping on and helping us all feel a little less alone if I, yeah. I always ask at the end of every episode I honestly feel like you've given a ton of advice but if you had one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation what would it be um I would say own like own your feelings like you do not have to like it is a big it is a big deal and I kept at the beginning I kept saying well maybe you know this isn't such a big deal like I I don't know why I kept trying to downplay the kind of enormity of what had happened but it is a big deal and um I think that the fact like the way I'm trying to think about it now is the fact that I grieved so much um and that I was so attached to this baby that actually wasn't even there in that last four weeks isn't something to feel foolish about it's like a testament to my capacity for loving as a mother um I how I'm gonna <laughs> now I was like I'm not gonna cry the whole time <laughs> but now I feel a bit emotional um because you do I did feel like that and that's nothing to feel foolish about like I did at the very beginning that's that's because um yeah that that has to do with my capacity for for loving and that is something to be celebrated um and that's yeah I think that's something that makes us amazing as women that you know even something that is so tiny um can can make us love so much I guess um, I hope that, I hope that makes sense. I love that. I've never yeah. heard anybody say that. I really love that. But it is it is amazing, isn't it? That you know, even from that first moment when I found out that I was pregnant, and I was like, my baby is the size of of a pea. Like it was like this tiny little pea, like a like you know a quarter of an inch long or something like that. I was like, I loved it so much, and that mm. is that is an amazing thing. So that's, yeah, hold on to that. I think I would say that to other women. Yeah. And reach that's out like and my, talk. That's like my favorite piece of advice I've ever heard from anybody. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's, it's so, so true. It's so, it's so true. And um, yeah, I, that's what I definitely say. Yeah. Oh, well now if somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so? Um, yeah, and, and please do anybody out there. Um, when I, the first episode I listened to of your podcast really resonated with me and I actually reached out to that woman. I sent her a message on Instagram and that was amazing talking to her. So, um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm, uh, pleat.n.bobbin, uh, which probably sounds a bit funny. I run a, I run a, like a, a side business, part-time side business. Um, and that's the Instagram for that. So I don't post anything like personal on it, but, um, I check the DMS and stuff. So if anybody wants to message me to talk, then definitely, um, you can DM me through Instagram. I'll get your message and yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, I'll go ahead and I'll link that in the description of this episode. Thank okay. you so much, Martha, for jumping on and sharing your story. Oh, well, thank you so much. And just for everything that you do, like, um, and I've been really loving watching your 
for your current current pregnancy, which is I'm so excited for you. Uh, just watching like the pictures that you've shown and stuff, it it makes me feel more optimistic. So oh, good, good. Thank you so much for everything you've done. Yes, well, couldn't do it without you, girls. So I appreciate it. And keep me posted. We'll talk soon. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who can find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.